Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for July 4th, 2021. Happy Independence Day, uh, the sixth Sunday after Pentecost, uh, proper nine. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you on this Independence Day? I am feeling my freedom. You're you are in, as independent as you ever were. Well, I don't know about that. But. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. It, I, I increasingly need help in carrying I, I was, heavy objects. I was just going to say, it happens to all of us as we get older. It's, there's no That's shame right. in it. <laughs> um, but that, I can still reach things on the high shelf for others, though. I'm happy to say. Hey, there, hey you know what? That still comes in handy. Um, oh, I feel very useful in supermarkets among strangers. That way. <laughs> Uh, we, uh, we, we just finished our, uh, uh, Fishers, uh, um, the, the town of Fishers, town of Fishers, city of Fishers. And am, am I, city. In, am I insulting, uh, our, our you, mayor, uh, by calling you it live a, in a city, not a town anymore. Whatever. I live where I live. Uh, <laughs> in your own head, in my own head. Um, <laughs> we had our, uh, uh, own, uh, celebration this past week, uh, that uh, was uh, was was quite a hoopla, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I think I had made the joke that um, we celebrate um, July Fourth a week early in Fishers because uh, if we did it on on July Fourth, no one would come because uh, <laughs> we'd be in competition with Indianapolis and Carmel, and and uh, that would be that would be <laughs> that would be it. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, but. At the church, we had uh, we, we had a great time. We had a lot of a lot of folks come out. We had uh, uh, some games going on. So, uh, a, the, the taco truck was fantastic. Shout out to yeah, the taco truck. Um, a, a bunch of people and a ton of wind. So uh, every, yeah, <laughs> the whole, so that so that kept things cool. Exactly. Uh, so the Holy Spirit was certainly there. Uh, <laughs> And you forgot the DJ. I don't know if you were still there oh, when yeah, we had, the DJ. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. We had ballroom dancing. I was not there for the ballroom dancing. Yeah, we have a cu- couple parishioners who are prize-winning ballroom dancers, mm-hmm. and so the DJ played some ballroom uh, cadence tunes, and they gave a beautiful demonstration. How about it? Uh, um, well, no, I don't think my was, I don't think my uh, I, I don't know if my ego can take uh, 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 that level of dancing. Um, <laughs> I've, I've seen videos and 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 yeah, they're 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 I'm 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 almost ashamed of myself uh, as oh. how much better they are. <laughs> yeah. Only be ashamed if you're ashamed when you watch Willie Mays play baseball. You know, it's it's just another existence. <laughs> Sure, 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 sure. Uh, no, of course, of course, that's not true. Uh, I would go through my entire life just in constant shame because everybody's better at everything than I, than I am. So um, uh, it's, it'd be no shock. Um, well, think of it this way. You're at worst the second best at podcasding regarding for, for the lectionary. For this show. For yeah. this specific show. In yeah. the city of Fishers, <laughs> right? Uh, no, I, I think uh, I think some would claim that Bethany is uh, better at this uh, than I am because she has the good sense to keep quiet. 
<laughs> I have the bad sense to say the dumb things that I say. So um, I think it's questionable as to who's winning on this. <laughs> we'll let the listeners decide. Call now. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Just kidding. Phone Just lines kidding. are not open. Don't bother. I don't right. want to hear it. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, and then and then uh, to finish it all off, we had the the fireworks display, which was was which was great. Um, so yeah, um, to to be completely honest, it was put on by the city of Fishers. Yes, because uh, one of I guess it was one of the four year olds um, asked if Holy Family was going to have fireworks every week. <laughs> no, and they really are not ours. Right, right. Oh, I mean, fortunately, she accepted that as more plausible than what she had assumed. Right, right. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) No, this this fireworks display is ours, and we are uh, subsequently filing bankruptcy on Monday. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And the city's really ticked off at Holland Park's on fire now. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, that, that was, that was great. Uh, uh, it was yeah, great to it was see, a super time. Uh, everybody that I was able to see. And, uh, if you didn't get a chance to come out, that's okay. You know what? We'll have this, uh, th- this time of year come back around, uh, shortly and in between, yeah. uh, I'm sure we will have, uh, we have lots of holidays that we are going to get a chance to celebrate yeah. together. So, uh, stay tuned for more and the next, uh, the next event that we're able to put on. But yeah, it was, it was particularly I found that it was great to see uh, people we were able to be outside I was able to uh, um, you know stand around in a circle and, and talk to somebody and they can actually hear the words that I'm saying and right hear the words well, yeah, that we saying. didn't need masks with it the, was again. so great the wind made it an extremely healthy afternoon uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> too healthy in fact uh, the, the pollen was getting me um, so mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, it was it was so great. Uh, so, w- real quick, what do we have um, now that that's done? We're we're done for the year, though, right? Uh, we don't have anything <laughs> else going on. No, I know we have a we have a book club going on right now. Uh, we're still in the the middle of summer, so so some of our normal activities are still uh, uh, tamped down a little bit. And we're well, not one, doing as much. One thing um, I'll highlight is two things I'll highlight. One is that. We now are starting that time where parishioners volunteer their talents to offer music during the offertory portion. Yes. And um, yesterday we had just a fantastic prelude um, with French horn and Mm -hmm. keyboard that rocked my socks in a churchy way. Yeah. Uh, So every week there'll be something special and different. So it's definitely worth either being there or tuning in later. Um, and this coming week, uh, the Reverend Kathy Scott will be on the 4th of July, will be substituting for me because, mm-hmm. uh, Kathy Gray and I will be out in Maryland for the first time meeting, uh, one, our newest grandson. Yeah. Yeah. We're very excited for you on that. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and excited that we could see, uh, uh, Kathy Scott. It's, it's, yeah. it's, uh, she, she is well loved, uh, very missed. And, uh, um, you know, take, take your time coming back. <laughs> no, just well, and, you know, one of the, one of the things is that she was reassigned to, uh, St. Matthew's 
during lockdown. Mm -hmm. And so this is the first time some parishioners will have to be able to say goodbye to her. That is very true. Oh, that, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, if you're listening to this and you would like to say goodbye to Deacon Kathy, you cannot miss this Sunday. Um, yeah. Uh, or, or, and hear me out, do miss this Sunday. And then we have an excuse to have her back again shortly because we'll be able to say, like, oh, you know, so-and-so <laughs> didn't give, right. get a chance to say a proper goodbye. Could you come back in three weeks? Thank you so much. Please. Yeah, we're all, I'm, I don't have her permission yet. But I hope that we'll get to do something like that in the fall when folks are really regathered. Yeah, that would be that would be terrific. That would be terrific. She was she was uh, always loved uh, at, at uh, Holy Family, and uh, looking forward to uh, to to sharing an Independence Day service, which is a a rarity. It only comes by every well uh, once in a while. Six years, I believe it would be. Is it six years? Every six years? Since there's a leap year. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so, um, but uh, yeah, it's it. What a special occasion to, to yeah. come by, and you guys get you and you and other Kathy get a, a well-deserved break and get a chance to see uh, a family member. That uh, that's going to be hard too. Of, of adding yeah. adding to the family yeah. and not being able to see them for like a year. Uh, um, yeah, he he just turned one. That's nuts. It's great that you get to, a chance to. That's so yeah. sad that you have to have to wait that long. So um, well, every, you know, everyone involved ended has ended up being healthy so far. So yeah. it's worth it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, well, well worth the investment. So, um, well, let's move on to our person of the day, and then we'll get to our readings. Cool. So. Your person of the day is um, circa 650 to 749 BC. What kind of name or, is circa? Or, or, uh, uh, <laughs> it's a it's a family name. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, but yeah, 650 to 749 AD. Uh, John of Damascus. Oh, okay. Um, early chronicle. A chronicler of early Christianity, mm-hmm. um, particular, and what we particularly appreciate is uh, his work in worship, and mm-hmm. that there's various prayers and things that have been preserved through the centuries, and probably even more more prayers and things that have been preserved that were attributed to him that were not. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you look in the Book of Common Prayer at uh, Eucharistic Prayer D, that's based on one of his Eucharistic prayers. Oh, okay. And so, you know, is 1,800 years old, roughly. Mm-hmm. 1,900 years old, roughly. Um, so he, yeah, he's a treasure to historians of, of church history, historians of how people worship all sorts of layers of information that he has shared through his writings. Yeah, the the, the, the entry does not give credit to uh, uh, Prayer D, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm just going to read that because it, there's, there's so much packed in here that I find yeah. interesting. So feel free to also, as we go along, stop me and add anything. But uh, top, of the, top of the entry, it says, Monk and Theologian. Uh, there's little known of his life and the available sources are in conflict, which sounds interesting. Uh, he was called 
John uh, uh, Damascene, I'm assuming from from Damascus is what it means, but Damascene, John was the son of a Christian tax collector for the Islamic Caliph of Damascus. He succeeded his father as the chief representative of the Christians to the Caliph. In 716, he became a monk and later a priest at the Abbey of St. Sabbath near Jerusalem. The most important of his theological writings is the Fount of Knowledge or uh, the Fount of Wisdom. And the most significant part of his work is, quote unquote, the On the Orthodox Faith. I'm assuming that's the title of it. A summary right. and systematizing of previous Eastern theology. Uh, during the iconoclast controversy, which could be a whole podcast on itself, uh, right. which reached its climax in 787, which would have been after his death at the Second Council of Nicaea, John was a leading defender of the use of icons, which is kind of a, also an interesting thing because icons have kind of fallen out of favor. Um, uh, they're kind of coming back. And they are kind of. They're, they're coming back in the Western Church. Oh, are they coming in back? In the Eastern okay. Church, they never went away. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, he was an opponent of the. Uh, okay, I'm gonna get this totally wrong. The the monophysite heresy, mono, monophysite heresy, and of uh, uh, Manichaeism, uh, both mm-hmm. of which denied the complete lit, completeness of the incarnation. John was the last of the great Eastern fathers of the Church, and three of his Easter hymns are used today in the Hymnal of 1982. Uh, Thou hallowed chosen morn of praise, which is 198. Come, ye faithful, raise the strain, which are hymns uh, 119 and 200. And then uh, hymn 210, the day of resurrection. He was declared a doctor of the church by Pope Leo III in 1890. And John's life is commemorated on the Episcopal Church calendar uh, on December 4th. So um, just to, to, to do a small dive into some of the things there uh the uh a a real quick uh 30 second uh uh, mention as to what the iconoclastic controversy is well it as you might be able to guess it was about icons Mm -hmm. and um religious symbolism in general really and in the west there was an increasing suspicion of visual imagery Mm -hmm. to that in interestingly sort of priests pre was a prelude to what about almost a hundred years late or a thousand years later the reformations mm-hmm. huge discomfort with such things in the eastern church which refers to the eastern orthodox churches not eastern religions then and now icons are considered to be one of the uh, key tools of worship of transcending everyday life and entering into um, a spiritual union with God. So, you know, they, they saw no problem with it. And that's why John um, wrote those def- the great defense of it. But in the West, it remained iffy, really until the Renaissance and you know, some of the great now recognized great artists started to produce paintings that weren't icons but were visual representations of religious figures and um bible stories and things then in the western christianity became yeah those are okay 
um, until the Reformation was like, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> but in the 20th century, especially in, within Western Christianity, both Roman Catholic and uh, Protestant, there's been a much greater comfort with icons and in some ways a rediscovery of them mm. as tools of inspiration. We tend to, no, I won't say we tend, we almost universally take them less seriously than the Eastern Church and sometimes kind of disrespectfully appropriate um, very classic icons You can, because they're not copyrighted so you can find them mm. in all sorts of gift stores and things. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're they're considered to be sacred objects in Protestantism there's um, fears of idolatry towards them right. and in the Episcopal Church if it's a high church congregation it tends to be yeah of course those are fine if it's a low church congregation it tends to be yeah I'm not so sure right right uh, um, also uh, just just a, a, a real quick to give some color to the uh, statement here. Him being a, a, an opponent of the monophysite heresy and of uh, 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 manichaeism. Uh, manichism. Sorry. Um, uh, the monophysite heresy is one, uh, long story short, that, and correct me if I'm wrong, that, that does not give uh, Christ's uh, um, embodiment a, a, a duality, that it was a single um, a single form not not both human and divine but but singularly right am I, am I fairly correct I think you have I... it's okay to tell yes, say that the, I'm right the, the, it's okay yeah you're basically right yeah <laughs> I mean there there are lots of subtleties to it but we don't have time <laughs> right 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 like I said you can do a whole podcast on, on some of these things uh, mm -hmm. and, and manichism, uh, the, the theology is, is talking about uh, the dualistic view of good and evil. Um, mm -hmm. um, and again, in, in a very large way, fascinating topic uh, would, oh, be, yeah. would be totally worth uh, discussing. So even though uh, even though the, the, the word, it, you know, modifies that heresy has the word heresy next to it, um, would it would be a fascinating uh, um, uh, topic to to get into discussion because there's it, it it I think it at least in my mind it opens you up to actually think about things as opposed to simply taking uh, something on face value or how we've been taught and raised to think of something. Um, yeah, which I find a lot of value in. Uh, uh, you got I'm I'm a big fan of challenging what you've what you've been told uh, at, at least to the point of questioning why is it this way and, and, and you know what are the other options and, and kind of be able to follow along the, the historical theology that we've had has been going on for thousands of years so you can kind of see where it navigates and 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 develops and and, and splits and, and adapts it's kind of interesting do you re when you were a child mm -hmm. did they still have because you are younger than i am did they still have the series of books published called the How and Why books? I'm not familiar with them in, uh, personally, but I do. That does ring a bell. I do. I do think they were around. I did not. I yeah, they, didn't you know, read them. Probably, 
staying in some school library or classroom bookshelf, but they were you know, the How and Why Book of Dinosaurs is mm-hmm. one I remember having. And when I was in seminary, we had to take an introductory course to theology, and it was nicknamed that the How and Why Course of Heresies. <laughs> Because I one of the, want to audit this class so bad right now. <laughs> yeah, because the shortcut to learning Christian theology is to study the heresies so that you know what it's not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, that, and often Christians of every era, not just the, our current era, are attracted to these heresies repeatedly. Yeah. And in the 20th century or 21st century, we're not. I, I was in seminary in the 20th century. We're not likely to use those old labels, but they still work. <laughs> yeah. And and it was interesting to watch seminarians' heads spin three or four times as their favorite heresy was suddenly revealed to them to be a heresy. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and 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 uh, the, the we we have such a baked in negative view of uh, anything getting that label, right? But the, yeah. The, the long and short of it, it, it many of the heresies are, are, aren't aren't uh, they're not evil in nature they're not right. they're not underhanded or scheming or you know any anything that like when you first think of it you're like oh yeah no distance yourself from something like that that's you know, terrible. right there, there's they're, no grand conspiracy theory right program they're born yeah, yeah they're often born out of just trying to make sense of something that doesn't make sense and it's right you know and 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 that struggle is there there's admiration i think in that struggle uh, yeah so. yeah they're and it's yeah it's not like someone said you know i'm going to set out this morning to write a heresy and this is what i'll call it right right it's and it's instead people would head off in a certain um often philosophical slash theological direction and it just goes a little too far and in retrospect, it's given a name right. and, as it's being reined in. And a lot of times folks are, oh, sorry about that. Um, and other times there's burnings at the stake. And <laughs> right, and right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, but nobody nobody sets out and like, you know what? I'm going to establish this and try to draw people away from God as yeah. a result. Like, it, yeah. that's just, it, it, you know, it, that, that's, right. a, that's a misnomer uh, that, 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 that those things are tied together. So. Uh, like I said, I, I find a lot of fascination in the heresies because it's uh, um, it, it shows that people uh, think a lot about something and then mm-hmm. actually care about it. I mean, you don't spend you, you know uh, uh, this kind of time uh, pondering the nature of something uh, to such a level if you don't care about it. Right. So, so there's a there there I, I feel that there should be a lot more compassion. In, in handling these heresies than I feel that people today might uh, might assume that there is. And, and and you know, admittedly, as you pointed out, burning at the stakes, we could have had more compassion at the yes. time. <laughs> For sure. Um, Our bad. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, one, a, a solid heresy would be that you could purge, uh, 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 that, that burning uh, something away yeah. might be the best approach and, and God approved. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, because one of the misconceptions, which I, you know, if, one of the misconceptions was if you burned someone, that that kept that gave them the punishment here, so that they wouldn't burn in hell. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. bizarrely seen as an act of mercy, so that they'd suffer for an hour or two, and then be able to have eternal happiness in heaven. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. We we're not the brightest. I mean, no, no, no one, no one has ever said that. In fact, there's literal gospels full of Jesus saying very thinly veiled the same thing. Right. <laughs> Look, you're not that smart. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you have very bad ideas. The incarnate head slap. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, a, a lot of the Gospels could be summed up in the dough emote. Of, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, seriously. Um, and uh, the good news is we've gotten so much better over the 2,000 years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Not counting the internet trolls. Right, exactly. Insert insert laugh track right here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, let's, that's, that's John of Damascus. Uh, I will move on. Be sure to celebrate him on December 4th as he comes up on our Episcopal calendar. Uh, but yeah. December has a great set of saints. You also get St. Nicholas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I feel like that's prime time, right? That's yeah, prime, prime, it really prime is. Prime time sainthood is in December. Uh, if you're if you're relegated to... Uh, and no, I'm not going to do it because then I'll throw shade to somebody. But like, uh, <laughs> if, you're, if you're relegated outside of December, they're, 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 it almost feels like, oh, well, so you're not as... You know, well known or, or well deserved, right. I suppose. And that's not. That's, Let's put him in July. Right. <laughs> simply not true. Uh, uh, simply not the case. But uh, um, yeah, usually the Saints' Day is determined by the day they died. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it, yeah. So it's not like they, there's any pecking order in the dates. Right. Right. Like, oh, this one's right next to uh, Christmas. Uh, must be must be high. Very high. Right. Um, no, not, probably not. The so, uh, well, let's move on to our first reading. Uh, this first reading this week is from Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. He said to me, O mortal, stand up on your feet, and I will speak with you. And when he spoke to me, a spirit entered into me and set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. He said to me, Mortal, I am sending you to the people of Israel, to a nation of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants are imputed and stubborn. I am sending you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God, whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they shall know that there has been a prophet among them. Um, did we read from Ezekiel last week? We did not. It's whenever we had Valley of Dry Bones. Okay, so that was a little while ago. That was I think, I think the it was only a few weeks. Yeah, okay. the 13th um, um, was the last time we read from Ezekiel. And that actually was not uh, actually that was not the Dry Bones uh, um, one. It was about a, the, the high seeker. Um, but um, long story short, uh, a recap as to Ezekiel. Another prophet book. Uh, Ezekiel was a prophet. Um, right. And as with most prophets, uh, his uh, main bugaboo uh, wasn't terribly different than other prophets' bugaboos. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he has his nuances. He does have his nuance. So, so tell us what his nuance is here. That he was a priest as well as a prophet, which mm -hmm. I think he's, I'm almost sure he's the only I think uh, he stands prophet alone that, there. Yeah. Yeah. And... So he had concerns both for what is termed, and not pejoratively, um, ritualistic piety mm -hmm. of 
you know, how, how do you do church is how we might put it today. And as well as uh, mystical visions mm-hmm. of um, God's desires and justice and all that sort of thing. Um, he wrote in the midst of the people of Jerusalem being taken into exile. He didn't, mo- he wrote after he was in exile, but people were still being enslaved and take, taken into Babylonia. So he mm. wrote from Babylonia. And at first, it's, Ezekiel is a long book, and he prophesied over quite a f- number of years. And at first it was, okay, I'll, I'll put it in a pejorative way. It was sort of a neener, neener <laughs> message <laughs> of, you guys didn't listen to the holy people when you were in Jerusalem. And now you're losing Jerusalem and you're losing the temple. Mm-hmm. Then it transitions into words of comfort. Okay. So some people say it's a, a combination of Jeremiah's "you jerks" and Isaiah's "comfort, oh comfort my people." Okay. In Jewish tradition, in some Jewish traditions, there. Um, was a standard that you had to be 30 years old before you could read this book because huh. it is so difficult for some people they didn't make it that long <laughs> <laughs> life lifespans weren't terrible by this point but yeah it yeah that was really and it would be middle-aged mm-hmm. in a you know very strongly middle-aged uh to be 30 and they're tricky visions here and that's what people were worried about people younger being frightened i mean it was rated r i got gotcha, you i got gotcha. you yeah the the, the 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 youngsters weren't ready to handle this level of right of uh of, of talk um so i kind of i kind of get that i'm a little confused as to why in verse four um <laughs> he says uh, he's talking about the rebellious house, right? He's talking about right. uh, uh, the, the the people of Israel, and he says the descendant the descendants are impudent and stubborn. Weren't don't we have enough writing uh, prior to this to kind of indicate that they always were? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, I mean. That, that's not a newsflash for <laughs> people who have the entire Bible in front of them. Right. Yeah. Um, it seems. It seems. Uh, it seems, in a way, a little odd to call it out because it's almost you know the the, the Israel's you know entire existence outside of uh, Egypt is just littered with. That's the whole point of the story: is that they're impudent and stubborn. <laughs> yes. It's. it's <laughs> So in a way, are they really rebellious if they've been, always been this way? That's not really rebellious at all. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you point that out because that is the natural reaction for a modern reader. But what we have to realize is that people who were reading Ezekiel had not necessarily had access to the rest of the Bible because they were in exile. Okay, okay. That's true. So yeah, this could have easily been news um, to the to the people gathered in Babylonia, the Jewish people gathered in Babylonia, as to what's what's been what's been going on. Right. 
Well, and I guess it's always news to you, to, to you uh, the first time you hear it. Like, hey, by the way, you're rebellious and stubborn. Uh, like, I am? <laughs> yeah. Me? Yeah. Yeah, you. <laughs> and everyone like you. Right, exactly. <laughs> everyone your age. Or, yeah, however it gets played out. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, so it, it's... What's he basically laying the groundwork for? It, this this kind of seems like this is like a caveat, almost like a a a, a uh, um, cover. He's covering himself like uh, in this statement of like, "Hey, look, I got this this word from God, and I'm sharing it with you, and there will be no excuse uh, uh, when the time comes as to like, hey, I I didn't hear that, like, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, you did." it's not going to be you'll know that there was a prophet among you and whether you hear it or not that information is available to you right and okay what I was going to say just went popped out of my head but you were right that's the point okay so you should start uh, oh, off. Now I remember what I was going to say. This this comes at the very beginning of Ezekiel. It's chapter uh-huh. two, chapter and it, two. it really starts in chapter one, mm-hmm. where God proclaims God's presence to Ezekiel. And in chapter two, God starts to tell him what Ezekiel's going to have to do. Right. Okay. And that he's going to have to prophesy to um, the people of Israel. Okay. In exile. So my opinion for you is that you, verse verse 5 or a version of verse 5 is how you should start at all of your sermons <laughs> whether they hear or refuse to hear whether, for the whether you hear or or out. <laughs> I mean huh? my ears would perk up I'm just saying uh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> what is this man about to say <laughs> reminds me of a story when I was a kid right <laughs> I wonder what point he has. I, I ask to myself as I look around for my pitchfork. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but but uh, yeah, it's kind of it, it's kind of. So he spends uh, ver- chapter one talking about uh, establishing um, his um, heavenly credentials, and then well, these actually, are his marching orders. At, well, technically. Um, Chapter one is God establishing God's credentials. Oh, okay, okay. So it's not so much uh, Ezekiel's Ezekiel relationship. Direct. Doesn't say anything. Gotcha. And okay. Then, and then this reading starts with "He said to me," and really, it's God said to me. Mm-hmm. So Ezekiel realizes it is the one true God mm-hmm. by this fantastic vision Ezekiel has, and then here's the so what. Gotcha. Well, it's not. It, yeah, so, so he doesn't really establish a, a. I mean, this isn't the groundwork of the greatest relationship. All it does is, so God turns to him and he says, "You mortal." Yeah, stand <laughs> you up. Do, you you do this. <laughs> My name's Ezekiel. That's nice, mortal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're still here. Why haven't you uh, go? <laughs> Yes, you are right. right. I got a, I got a good belly laugh out of Bruce. This podcast is going great. Uh, <laughs> um, anything else about the uh, about the? It's a very short uh, snippet. So uh, yeah, and it's packed. And Ezekiel's forty five chapters long, so it's one of the longest 
prophetic oh, books. Oh, yeah, that's, that is long. Yeah, so it's up there with, um, you know, Isaiah's longer, I, yeah. Jeremiah's about the same, and then there's Ezekiel. Mm. So it's it's a long book, so I can't say it's one of those you necessarily would read in one sitting, but it is the rated R version of Heavenly Visions and stuff, uh, and mostly for violence rather than sex. <laughs> but uh, gotcha. Um, and that well, violence is the wrong term. Um, special effects that are scary. Okay. Okay. There's yeah. all, you know. All sorts. Well, like the Valley of Dry Bones. Right. Disturbing images. Disturbing uh, images. I, I believe. Maybe unsuitable for young audiences. Yes, I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, that one still. I'm, I'm an adult. That one still creeps me out. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I, rem I remember a, like a Sunday school movie, um, which may have may have been done by Hollywood or something, where they with um, stop action animation. Oh they yeah, depicted yeah. the Valley of Dry Bones coming to life, and it was freaky. Yeah, terrifying. Uh, yeah, um, very memorable. Don't don't uh, no pointers, Hollywood. Uh, I don't need to see this in yeah like high definition, well rendered, <laughs> hyper realistic pass. Yeah. Oh look, here come the tendons. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> not the tendons. Um, uh, so yeah, um, well that's Ezekiel. Unless you have anything else you want. Yeah, we out. should move on. Uh, let's move on to Paul, Second uh, Corinthians chapter twelve, uh, verse two through ten. I know a person in Christ who fourteen years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows, and I know that such a person, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows was caught up into paradise and heard things that are not to be told, that no mortal is permitted to repeat. On behalf of such a one, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of my weakness. But if I wish to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think better of me than what is seen in me or heard from me, even considering the exceptional character of the revelations. Therefore, to keep me from being too elated, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that I would, that it would leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. Um, starting at the top, uh, I know a person in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Uh, third heaven? Right. Huh? What? In Greek theology slash philosophy there were multiple heavens okay and i believe seventh the seventh heaven was the top i'm rusty on it so i may be wrong on that but that that's why we still have an expression of oh man i was in seventh heaven hmm. it goes back thousands of years uh and third heaven though was was seen to be the paradise okay so so the person and 
Paul's talking to a Greek audience who have been very familiar with this construct of what the celestial realms looked like, how they were constructed, and Paul's opponents would have been using their visions of the realms of heaven to try to counter what Paul was teaching. So okay. once again, Paul's pulling out his credentials and saying, hey, I've been to the third heaven, which mm -hmm. we all know is paradise, and yada, yada, yada. You know, he, he, he says, I know a person, but that actually is him. Oh. Oh, he's talking about himself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's why, like, oh. why am I shocked? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> So it's that old rhetorical argument then of, oh, Paul, you know, question time. Paul, who was that guy? Well, it was me. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. <laughs> have you, t have I told you about one of Christ's great friends? Me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Uh, so he's talking yeah, so about himself. And, and one of the ways spiritual teachers um, cr create their bona fides, which you and I have talked about so many times, Paul seemed to be very concerned about, right. was what what visions had they had, and particularly of uh, okay. the heavenly places. So here's Paul saying, yeah, I, I've been to the best one. Don't even, it may have even been physical. I may have bodily been there. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay, that's, yeah, it, that answers that part. Okay. Yeah, virtue bragging. Is this is this a is this a reference back to when he was blinded on the road? Is that is that we aren't probably sure. probably what he was going for? I mean, probably not because it's it that was horrifying uh, for Paul, mm -hmm. and this would have been a wonderful, peace-filled, joyful vision. Yeah, I suppose that does not fit with the being struck blind. The, the image of paradise, <laughs> like. Yeah. In retrospect, it was the greatest. Uh, um, yeah. But I was blind, and all I could smell was donkey. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um. Okay. So, all right. So I'm I'm re I'm it, it, like on the fly rewiring my brain. Yeah. Uh, now that I know he's talking about himself, because I was about to say like, oh my gosh, you know, if there's seventh heaven is the highest, why would Christ, you know, why would you be even bothering mentioning? Christ going up the third heaven that's not even that impressive right uh but he's talking about himself uh yeah. so um um and and basically see this is this is this is kind of the thing about that's so it's like backdoor bragging the whole time um yeah. <laughs> on behalf of such a one i i will boast not on my own behalf right because <laughs> i'm i'm very weak even though you know, uh, basically, the, the the initial part of the setup of this story, I'm talking about something that I know you haven't experienced. But uh, you know, I I'm I'm you know, very very weak, but awesome uh, <laughs> in my in my, in my yes. weakness. Um, but I, I guess I guess what he's going for. I need to give Paul credit and not and not be uh, so judgmental about him. Uh, what he's trying to say, it, or, or probably uh, convey, is that Christ is just that much, so much more. You know what I mean? That, mm -hmm. that um, uh, if this is 
his credential of going to third heaven, um, whether in the body or out of the body, uh, and compared to Christ is not wor- even worth boasting. He's trying to create that level of separation. But there's there's still a little bit of little little bit of self congratulations uh, built in here. Uh, it's hard for me to shake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, what about, what about this part, um, where he talks about, um, um, therefore to to keep me from being too elated, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from being too elated. Um, um, is, is this just flowery imagery for, um, I, I don't know, um. I don't know. What is this? Like, uh, I'm trying to figure out what this phrase is referring to. Well, it's the Rorschach test of Paul's letters. Gotcha. What do you, what do you it, see? <laughs> so, yeah. What, what would be a thorn in the flesh in your life that would keep mm. distracting you from God? Gotcha. And, and the guesses, and all it is is guesses, is across the board. Whether it's physical, psycho, uh, you know, psychological, mental illness, um, all sorts of things, that that it could be, and fortunately, we can by being vague, it does make it more universal. And so, whatever it is that distracts us from God, yeah, Christians go through that, and it doesn't mean that God's abandoned you. It's just what life is. Gotcha, and and he he. In the next verse, he says three times, "I appealed to the Lord about us this that it would leave me." Um, any any background reference that that gives this context, or is he just saying like, uh, <clears throat> "I asked, I, I asked to get rid of this thorn uh, several times," and, and God's response is, "Hey, the, you know, the, um, power is made perfect in, in weakness, and you, you don't don't ask to be perfect." Yeah, and it's. I mean, three is one of the holy numbers of both the Old and New Testaments. And so it it's safe to say that that, that was a way of saying I really did pl- pray in a faithful, holy way. And probably more than three times in terms of a, a literal experience, but it was a holy prayer. And the response was, no, you don't get what you're asking for. Mm, gotcha. Um, what about this word weakness? I kind of feel like that there, there might be more context to the uh, original word used. Um, any 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 indication from translation? Um, well, that's the interesting thing. That it's what causes the ambiguity as to what that thorn is, hmm. because the Greek word could refer to physical feebleness or um, any kind of frailty or even a moral issue. Okay. Um, you know, so, he, I, you know, I don't even want to accuse Paul of a form of immorality, but whatever one you want to accuse him of at this moment, you can. <laughs> well, it kind of it seems like the phrase is more inclined to read like a... Uh, uh, my grace is sufficient for you for power is made perfect in imperfection. I mean, that that doesn't sound like that's the translation, but that's 
kind of sounds like that's the yeah. the gist is that because um, because you're not perfect is the reason why my my grace is sufficient. Yeah, and it's supposed. It unfortunately, is taken the opposite by way too many Christians. But it is supposed to be the check on our egos. Mm. We don't have uh, those, right? But yeah, you know, <laughs> a lesser person might. But you know, I, yeah, unfortunately, it, it turns into this verse gets used. At, it's almost like when, when you hear this verse, you know the person is not going to revel in weakness. Instead, they're going to emphasize their power. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, if a if a person starts to quote it. And, you know, it's, it's a bragging verse, but it, it's not supposed to be. It is supposed to be a, yeah, you got, every one of you people is imperfect and every one of you pers- people need God. So right. get over yourselves and move on. Yep. Yeah. And those, and those who are comfortable with their weaknesses are the ones that are actually going to be the most effective in sharing God's love. And therefore, be the most powerful. Well, uh, in that light, let's get over ourselves and move on. Um, (laughs) Let's move on to Mark chapter 6, verse 1 through 13. He left that place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is it not the carpenter? Is is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James and uh, Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor except in their own town and among their own kin and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them and he was amazed at their unbelief then he went among the villages teaching he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits he ordered them to take nothing for their journey except the staff no bread no bag no money in their belts but to wear sandals and not put not to put on two tunics he said to them wherever you enter a house stay there until you leave the place if any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you as you leave shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them so they went out and proclaimed all that all should repent they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them um so we have this kind of have like two sections to this reading the first section is um jesus's experience uh um in his hometown and the second is is more instructive for uh his disciples um so let's focus on the first part uh Uh first Uh, again the second time uh that we have a reference in mark to uh jesus having brothers and sisters yeah um, uh, um, so, uh, just as a, 
Just as a quick mention, because it seems to be that we like to forget that this this part and assume that he's an only child and and uh, uh, still not sure where the, all that came from, since pretty clearly here in Mark. <laughs> yeah, and Matthew has it has the same list of siblings. Okay, yeah. So um, that's interesting that we've done that. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, tell me. What do you what do you get out of uh, this this phrase here? Prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. What what what's uh, Jesus saying here? Because it seems uh, he's talking to the synagogue here, isn't he? It, yeah. Like the 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 location doesn't change. So, um, what's he saying here? It seems kind of uh, insulting. Intentionally so. <laughs> yeah. But, well, it's somewhat insulting, but it's also just truth-telling. Mm. Um, that, that people often get set in their expectations of the people around them. Mm-hmm. And the more they know those folks, the harder it is for everyone to break out of their boxes that people place them in. Yeah, I would imagine it would be difficult, right? There are members of the synagogue, people in this crowd, who would be like, "Isn't this Mary's kid? Didn't yeah. you? Isn't that the one who like uh, broke our fence? You know, fifteen mm-hmm. years ago? <laughs> that kid? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> who are uh, you, Jesus? I changed yeah, your diaper." And you know, and and you know, look, he has these brothers. They aren't doing that stuff. And mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. skill sets were often seen to be inherited by right. common wisdom, mm-hmm. um, it was well, you know, if, if this were real, his brothers would be able to do this too. Right, and that's not what their dad does. They're, they're, you know, yeah, their dad is a carpenter. Well, and actually, just a side thing is, um, it says, is this not? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of? That that is why there's a tradition that Joseph died before Jesus reached adulthood, because hmm. Joseph's not mer- mentioned there. Right, that is uh, interesting. Yeah, and incidentally, and the other incidentally is in Greek, what's traditionally been translated as carpenter, um, is really any artisan who works with his hands. So he could have been a stone worker or um, any kind of skilled person like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, those are tangents. The Jesus is referring to the dynamic that Christians will be facing that their own families of origin may be the last ones to believe mm-hmm. that their relative has become a better person has become yeah. a christian as living that way and perhaps even harder will be the um friends and acquaintances that knew them through the years um well my quick story on this is for my um high school reunion i i forget which number it was but i couldn't attend and they said you could send a picture. So I sent a picture and I asked a friend of mine who did attend whether my picture was up. And he asked, and it wasn't. So we, he still lived in the town. So he 
asked the person who was in charge of the picture, he said, oh, yeah, Bruce sent a picture of himself in some priest suit. And so we knew it was just one of his stupid jokes. <laughs> so. <laughs> and, I, and I got that a lot when I <laughs> go, go back home and run into someone at the pizza hangout or something in my early years. So was, we were all easy to recognize each other. Like, what are you doing now? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm an Episcopal priest and I'm working yeah, in a parish. Yeah, that's and really then, funny. No, really, what do you Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 can, I can see this dynamic. I can see an aunt or an uncle being like, okay, Jesus, what do you want to do with your life? I'm like, I want to be the son of God. I'm like, okay, right, easy. <laughs> right. Easy there. I'm <laughs> You could do anything you set your mind to. What do you want to be? I want to be the savior of the, of the world. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, how about how about you work on this carpentry? Uh, yeah. Why don't you make it like tough? Dad. Put some um, wheels on it. You'll be a hit. Right. Exactly. Exactly right. Um, so uh, so so, and there's also this line that is kind of kind of funny. Like he could do no deed of power there, except. He, laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. But, you know, yeah. other than that... <laughs> it was almost like a, well, actually, he could. I realize actually, I exaggerated here. <laughs> he could do no... He couldn't do anything. Well, okay. <laughs> All right. So he healed a couple of people and and, and, and transformed, uh, like, six lives. But that's, you know... But that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but then, yeah, he, then he, he basically turns this to... Uh, his disciples and begins instructing uh, them on on where to go and and I, I and how to behave. Uh, I think it's been. I think you've even had uh, a sermon or two uh, about maybe just one uh, about uh, this kind of thing about like, hey, don't take anything on the journey, uh, meaning that they would have to then um, rely on uh, on 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 the people. The com- yeah, on, on the, the communities community. they visited. Um, so, uh, which is a, which is a great immediate feedback loop as to yeah. whether or not you're being a nice person or not. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah, if you, if you don't, if you're not being nice enough to, to that, that so, no one would offer up a, a place to stay, then, then you might, you know, maybe change your messaging or your yeah. tone. <laughs> um, but, uh, what about this, uh, uh, uh Wear, to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. Well, what? What is that? What, two, like, don't take a change of clothes? Is that what that means? Or? No, the, there's there's lots of speculation on what that means. The the simplest one, which so therefore may be the best, is that the second tunic would have been like your sleeping bag. Oh, oh okay. You could lay your head on it. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Okay. Uh, that makes but, that makes some sense. Yeah. Um, but it, it really, I mean, the, the overall meaning is travel light and you got to be reliant for everything on the people you're trying to share the love of God with. Um, and again, I think the purpose of that was that if, if you are truly sharing the love of God, people will respond with generosity. And if you're not, if you're being more John the Baptisty, then you're not going to to be cared for and you're off track right you know, rightfully so you will not be cared for uh i also have to imagine that uh, verse 11 uh gives you um um some uh connection it, like it's almost a baseball like connection right um 
when you leave in protest, if they don't, if they refuse to hear your message uh, in protest, you shake the the dust off your feet. Uh, I'm just imagining the, uh, the the third base coach uh, uh, kicking the <laughs> <laughs> the dust out of the umpire. They didn't like, exactly. like the call. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but this, but, but in all seriousness, this kind of seems, uh, as though this is, this is like the, uh, Taylor, this is the, the, the Taylor Swift advice, just shake it off. Yeah. Um, uh, literally just don't, you know, don't even bother carrying the dust from their town anywhere with you. Like, yeah, you, you let turn, alone the bad vibes. Yeah. Turn and, and shake it, shake it completely off and move on. Yeah. And, 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 and people have through the decades, centuries have tried to put all sorts of oh well this was a tradition in that time yada 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 and it wasn't this is a unique image and but i think has and most people think has that that meaning that you said of um yeah shake it off um but gave the gave the these missionaries a certain little ritual they could do Mm -hmm. so that um after they shake that dust off, they let go of all the um, negative experiences, turn it all over to God, and move on to the next place, fresh as a daisy. Yeah. Um, which I, I think we could all use uh, yeah. that kind of uh, instruction in our life. Um, um, even even, uh, even the, uh, the, 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 the part about uh, um, uh, working with the community. And, and, You're right. And, uh, um, yeah, it's community organizing 101. Mm-hmm. Exactly, um, and uh, and 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 uh, the the reading continues on and, and shows that uh, that's what they did, and they cast out many demons and anointed many with oil and and uh, cured them. So it worked. Yeah, I mean exactly. that's the point of those. Right. The of verse thirteen is to say yeah, and it worked. Yeah. Um, anything else uh, about this uh, gospel reading? Oh, so much more, but we better wrap up. <laughs> Alas, we better. Um, so with that, we draw to a close this, your podcast for July 4th, uh, 2021, Independence Day, the sixth Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, and uh, as always, we have so much going on. Um, feel free to join us uh, whichever way uh, works for you in, in, in celebration, either at eight o'clock in person at the church on Sunday at 10 o'clock in person at church on Sunday or 10 o'clock online at our YouTube channel, HFEC videos. Uh, uh, some of you I know will probably be traveling, um, uh, Bruce included. So, uh, I expect full feedback on, on, uh, our church service. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly expect, uh, no feedback and for, uh, a vacation to be a vacation. I presume um, I'll be going to the church with my daughter who, yeah. um, helps lead the youth group and is on the vestry of her local Episcopal church. So we will want little feedback brag on what will, we'll, yeah, right. We'll want feedback on what they have yeah. to say. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but as always, I'll probably just be holding my grandson going, Ooh, ooh, what's (laughs) exactly you should, you should, and you absolutely (laughs) should, you have earned that, I think. Um, uh, but, uh, but as always, thank you so much for joining us and until next week, I'm Ben and I'm Bruce and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.